0: Stole it from the office when we they told us to work from home. I just threw it in my car. Beautiful. <laughs> Always love, love some it. good corporate theft to start the That's day.
1: Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Canadian greed. Capitalism yeah.
0: gone too far. You might have to cut that out. I might get in trouble. So.
1: Out of nowhere, a former grudge keeper now
2: I'm about to become master's champion. I'm going to make him an offer, can't You had me at hello. Cool I. Asian. Man. Well, they got their own because you're obviously white.
0: I'm an inventor. This could be a game changer for me.
2: Are you not entertained?
0: Okay, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith, and I am joined tonight by a guy who will bleed on the flag to make sure the stripes stay red. (laughs) The Shogun of Shows himself, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Mackey in the house. Love it.
1: Sean, welcome back to the show. Thank you, thank you for having me back. Good to be here. The boys talking about our our, fa- our favorite franchise, Rudy included. <sighs> mm. So excited for tonight. Mm. Very excited, mm. very excited.
0: Also joining us, we have the Prime Minister of the Peloton. <laughs> that look in his eye is a pain in my butt. Ladies and gentlemen, Rudy Rudolph on the mic. Yeah. Stand-up mode activated, yeah. baby.
3: I'm just full full on health right now. You guys want to see my calves? Because they are popping after <laughs> uh, Pop. <laughs> five weeks of Peloton riding. It's the best, man. It's kind of like CrossFit, you know, like... People who have a Peloton just can't shut up about them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to be that guy. But listen, everyone needs a Peloton.
0: Rudy the, Rudy is just like the uh, veiny face meme kid about the Peloton this entire episode.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the fact that Rudy, you, I noticed the other day you texted and you said, "Pelly." you even shortened it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what we said. That's, that's what get, people used to. You got to get some miles on the <laughs> Pelly. You know yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel pro. like.
0: With enough time on that pelly, you will be primed to do a recreation of that Tom Cruise run along the river, um, just along the Hudson instead. Ooh, I, yeah. I feel like I could see you. Oh yes, doing yeah, doing that. Foreshadowing. That's my. Uh, that's on my Ooh. vision board. <laughs> nice. Also joining us here now just weighing in on the uh, Rudy's location, we have the <laughs> Tim Hortons <laughs> Titan, the Superintendent of Syrup, the Royal Region of Roots. We put an explosive charge in his head to force him to come on this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Eisbrenner, back in the house for installment number three of our uh, Impossible Missions series. Sam, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Happy to be here.
2: Ready to go. (laughs)
0: Okay, really, just bringing the content here. I thought I was expecting, <laughs> yeah, I, I was expecting a little more from you, but uh, hey, well, you know what, we'll. Take. Okay, hey, I don't. I mean, do you want me to comment on the syrup or the roots? Or, <laughs> I got the roots hoodie on, so that was appropriate today. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam is the easiest guest to come up with uh, introductions for because I just come up with a bunch of things about Canada and I just just know, do alliterations with them. Yeah it's great just literally you have the whole country to work with exactly nothing, like <laughs> nothing's off limits the
3: magician of manitoba
0: like have you ever been to manitoba uh yes actually for work so <laughs> yes,
2: I, was, I was gonna
0: go with the uh the magistrate of the mounties but uh maybe oh, next time the, the mounted police the royal canadian canadian mounted
3: police sorry to hear about your king passing away prince philip uh
0: <laughs> yeah, he's actually a prince.
3: So. The king lording over you. Is he uh, does that affect you governmentally?
0: Uh mostly we just care about the queen over here, so Oh, gotcha. You
3: know.
2: You know, rest in peace,
0: obviously. That's that's never a good one. So, so you're not fill you're not putting in a, a coup to fill that vacuum of, of uh
3: power <laughs> there that Didn't Prince Philip left behind.
0: <laughs> You're not trying
3: to woo the queen into marriage, maybe?
0: <laughs> that's right. No, i back on the
3: market. I mean, if you had asked me, you asked
0: me a few years ago, I, maybe I would have been in on that. No, that's but, right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good play. Do you, think, uh, do you think the queen is on hinge yet? Or is she more of a bumble girl? I don't know. Is that what they use in the UK? Maybe she's swiping through Tinder. This is quite disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that Tinder profile though? Just like her standing in front of all her, all her castles. Oh, it's the most something? the most yeah. baller Tinder profile probably. It's just yeah.
1: yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's more of a LinkedIn person. <laughs>
0: I mean, oh, she's yeah. trying to get those romantic yeah. <laughs> connections on LinkedIn. Are people doing that?
1: Or like Mansion Mansion Global on uh, Wall Street <laughs> Journal?
2: <laughs> oh.
0: It could be, it could be, I don't know what the Royals are doing. There's some, some strange people. I don't know. I don't think it's, I think like if we were on this podcast and we weren't disrespectful of the British government, people would be asking if we like are really Americans, Rudy. So it's sort True. of a requirement mm-hmm. of us. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I will say I, uh, have the utmost respect of the uh, British monarchy Yeah. And just to <laughs> say face on that you one, do. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get myself in trouble as a here. British citizen. As a subject yeah. of the British reign, you're <laughs> obligated a, to say that. As a member, as a member of the Commonwealth, uh, <laughs> nah, you're a subject. You're a peasant, peasant for the Queen. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I
2: guess.
0: <laughs> anyway, I guess if that's what it has to be, we we get a holiday. So that's our uh, that's our political segment of the podcast. Moving mm. along, this is a little more of a serious segment, and, uh, and we. Uh, you know, we we pride ourselves at Loose Concept on transparency, and so Sam, there's something we need to talk to you about um, as a Uh-oh. transparent podcast, and that's the fact that uh, these uh, Mission Impossible episodes have consistently been our least uh, downloaded and played episodes in the history of the podcast. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so you are currently the guest on two of the uh, the least the two most least two least most downloaded. I don't know how to least phrase that. The least download. Okay. They're not. You, you got to do a little more uh, advertising up there or something. Okay. Uh, well, you know what? I'll have to activate a few of my old devices and <laughs> uh, see what I can do about that. Download the podcast on all of them. Play it yeah. the whole way through. Because you might have to cut yeah. the series. You know, <laughs> the series might get canceled. Okay. Well, you know what? Reality check. Right. Let's uh, let's get to it. You know, the suits, the, the, uh, the people at the network, they're just not really impressed with how this is performing. We're doing our mm-hmm. best to to like pull for you in these board meetings, Sam. But uh, it's, you know, it's, oh, yeah? I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to hold out against them. You know, yeah. it's the suits, man. We're burning through cash. Uh, I'd like to file a formal complaint against the interns managing my voice volume. I think that's uh... yes.
3: smart man, smart man.
0: That's pretty obvious. That's the clear, the clear culprit of the issue. Um. <laughs> just, just making you aware. But while we're on that topic, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to make sure that this series keeps going, if you like hearing Sam on the mic, make sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a rating and uh, subscribe to the podcast there. That helps. Or you can uh, follow us on Instagram. And send us a message saying how much you love hearing Sam's voice on the podcast. Or you can write into us at looseconceptpod at gmail.com and uh, let us know there how much you like Sam. Or you can also follow us on Twitter at looseconcept.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, if you care at all about my personal self confidence, download this podcast. Do all those things. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Rudy, do we have a Rudy's reviews segment this week?
3: Uh, not on Apple. I can make one up if you'd like. <laughs>
0: no, it's all right. No Rudy's reviews this week. No. That that being said, do you, do you hear that? Uh, it's
2: uh, it's coming from the
0: distance. It's coming closer. It's <gasps> there it is. It's the <laughs> no. loose concept Pony Express. Back in Yay. back in action after just weeks and weeks off collecting unemployment, our Pony Express rider finally got an assignment. He got a letter here. This letter is from my sister, Leah, who's just going to roast me, as per usual. I've put Let's up with go. this Love for these the letters. last 27 years of my life. And, uh, <laughs> you know, what do you, what can I say? It's more of the same. But uh, Leah writes in saying, Hi, here to say that Elijah's take is incorrect in regards to the 2007 perennial classic Surf's Up. The combination yes. of all-star cast, quotable yes. one-liners, and general good vibes is unsurpassed. Yes. Watch how fast Elijah's opinion changes agree. when he sees it with his niece. Ooh, good point. Valid point. <laughs> <laughs> the only bad part, did not love that Tank's favorite trophy shares my name. <laughs> Leah. What time? Leah. Let me say that one more time. <laughs> Leah. Uh, best scene. Best scene. That's a great letter. Yeah, if you, uh, if you want to hear what Leah's talking about, you can stream our last episode, episode 40-something, 40 46, was it? 47? I don't know. Surf's Up, the Surf's Up episode, so check that out. Um, yeah, that's all we got. I think it's time to move into our feature film of the week. Are you boys ready? I'm ready. Always. Sean? Ready. The showgun of shows? Ready, player one. Ready, player one. Ready, player Sean. This week on the podcast, we will be breaking down 2006. Is Sam do the honors? Mission impossible. <laughs> Trois. that's uh French Canadian for that's, three. Uh, yeah, I was like, what? what? What is, is French
3: Canadian for two? Duh, 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 duh,
2: duh,
0: duh, Trois. duh, 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 off your transmitter.
2: Do it. She had something she didn't want IMF to hear. I don't know if they've told you. I don't know what you think. We're being set up here.
1: You don't have any idea what the hell's going on, do you? They it, Find him. Go, go, go,
2: go, go! What are you not telling me?
3: Rated PG-13. The mission begins May 5th everywhere.
0: Mission Impossible Trace. This is the story of IMF agent Ethan Hunt coming into conflict with a dangerous and sadistic arms dealer who threatens his life and his fiance in response. Um, 2006... Uh, directed by J.J. Abrams, his directorial debut, in fact, the first uh, feature-length film directed by J.J. Abrams. Um, it's got Tom Cruise, as per usual, Ving Rhames uh, returning as well, and then a bunch of people who it's their first time in the, uh, the Mission Impossible franchise. Um, Michelle Monaghan, uh, Simon Pegg, um, those are the only two people who, who also make recurrent appearances. But also in this one is uh, Maggie Q, Carrie Russell, um, Billy Crudup. Um, those are sort of the big names. But yeah, Mission Impossible yes. 3. Let's kick it off here. Best, uh, oh, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, did I not Fishburne? mention Lawrence? Yeah, Larry? Thanks. Larry. Larry Fishburne. <laughs> Larry the fish. Big fish Larry. Larry's great. Anyway, yeah, Mission Impossible Three, Mission Impossible Trace, Mission Impossible duh duh duh. It's It's twa twa. twa. Okay, sorry, (laughs) twa. Whatever you get, you get what I mean. Let's uh, let's start with Sam, our esteemed guest, our Mission Impossible expert himself. What's the best part of Mission Impossible, twa? Uh, sorry, just bear with me because I do not have my notes open. So oh, my word. Three, th- three podcasts <laughs> now. You still don't know to have your notes up and ready I to was go. looking at your faces. Sorry, I just <laughs> wanted to appreciate that for a second. But. Common problem. A best thing, I think... Uh, actually, I mentioned it up top. Uh, Tom Cruise running in this one. There was some, some prime mm. uh, selections of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, also... I don't know, but I think this could be the most quotable one so far. Right? Exactly. I was. Yeah, I wrote down so maybe far. like fifteen different quotes. I felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so far, I think there's a good chance it could be for the whole series. We'll we'll wait and see. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, there were some some killer lines that uh, I'll, I'll bleed on the flag <laughs> to make sure the stripes stay red. That oh, is yeah. that is pretty solid. <laughs> That one can work Um, for Canadians or Americans, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Keep that maple leaf red, right? You got to do it. Uh,
3: What about it's unacceptable that chocolate makes you fat?
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, It's okay. I I always spill red wine on my white customer. Or
3: Tom Cruise at the end where he's like, I'm going to die unless yeah, you kill I'll me. Yeah, I'll die if
0: you don't kill me. Great <laughs> line. The best. The awesome. Best.
1: So the quotes. Anyways, that's that's what I got. Best thing. The quotes. I feel like so far, um, again, I'm going for like so far because we haven't talked about the other movies. But out of the first three Mission Impossibles, I think this has the best villain in Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Mm. Um mm-hmm just I, i'm i a big fan of his work and um just felt like it was he was just so deadpan and like cool as a cucumber getting thrown out um the bottom of a of a plane basically and just still has those those good lines of he now knows ethan's name um mm-hmm. and uh he's just i don't know he's I think is the most recognizable cuz you know Tom Cruise is in every single one of these movies but his villain character I feel like really stands out in the series um as being one of the most sinister.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have some uh, some additional thoughts on that but we'll save them for a later the a, a later segment. Um but yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from, Rudy. Best part. Boys.
3: Last installment of this series, I said that the Mission Impossible Two was one hundred times better than Mission Impossible One. This Mission Impossible Three is one hundred times better than Mission Impossible Two. This movie freaking sick. <laughs> <say>. All right, <laughs> yes, I, I, I Finally, bringing you around. You are finally coming around. It's tough to pick a best part, man. It's one of those movies where, like, at, like towards the end, I am looking at my worst and you know cut a scene slots, and I was like, man, this is tough to fill. So for best part, and it's gonna sound funny, but I think like the casting and the acting was actually really solid. Okay. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne crushed it. Philip Seymour Hoffman crushed. It. Like I, I I made a note that I feel like it's because he passed away that we don't really we didn't talk about him, but he deserves to be in that in the March Madness like if he was if he were still alive. He's just yeah, an incredible actor.
0: Mm. And he, he was an
3: incredible I think, actor. I think he and was a know. first
0: round exit in the uh <laughs> Wisconsin concept March. Oh, was he? March Madness, yeah. So he was there.
3: He made it to 64. There's just Shit. so many teams. He was like he was like the you know he was like a, he was like the Colgate team on that on. made it, but I see out Colgate. of the first round.
0: Well, yeah, he probably was just probably got out by a giant like Morgan Freeman or something. Oh no he, like, he made he like made it Lipscomb. he made it out of the first round. He got to the second round, and then was beaten by Robin Williams. Oh, okay.
3: yeah. I'm glad he was included um yeah he's he's a he's a beast and uh i think this was like the least tom cruisey of tom cruise like he was really <laughs> restrained and i thought <laughs> restrained. there's only like there's only like one line that i thought really was corny but it was solid man solid freaking movie
0: yeah i will say he does seem like the most like a normal human being <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's the wife the yeah. wife grounds it's, him. The, it's the
0: yeah it humanism again sure. like i i don't i don't think that's a, like what you think you guys thinking that's a good thing i think is a, a downside to this movie oh, i know i, I, per, I much know. prefer unhinged tom cruise <laughs> but i think it's good i mean I, I like this movie overall i love just all the mission impossible so it's it's really hard for them to uh miss with one of these in my opinion but the best part i think was the um the elevated amount of Ving Rames we got in this. He just I feel like yes, he's he's more true. present in this than any of the ones to date. We get more scenes of just him and Tom just, you know, chopping it up, Ethan. you know, talking about romance. Give me like I just want like a full mm-hmm. movie of Ving Rames and Tom Cruise just talking about relationships. Like it's <laughs> the best. <laughs> Talk about like the quotable, quotable lines that um, you never slept with your little sister, right? <laughs> like, great line. Great line. That was a line for sure. And like probably my favorite moment in the entire movie when they uh, pull the the Lambo over the manhole cover and they pull it off oh, yes. and Ving just looks up he's like, what's up? And he's like, nothing much. What's up with you? <laughs> great scene. My favorite moment in the entire movie. So yeah, Ving Rhames, I think sort of the best part. It's either that or that that closing scene with uh Tom Cruise and he's like he's explaining like weaponry and close range battle tactics to his uh wife, but at the same at the same time he's like building a you know, just like a garage defibrillator, like the junkiest version <laughs> of that possible. And like yeah. that's I think maybe the closest you get to just like goofy, hilarious Tom Cruise in this movie, and it's 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 one of my favorite scenes as well. Yeah, so. it was my least favorite scene. <laughs> There's just a bunch of really good moments in the movie overall. Um, But pivoting to the worst, the worst part, I think, is I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is very good, but I think it's a little bit of a, um, like, how good he is is, like, sort of overstated because he's not even, like, the primary bad guy. The primary bad guy is Billy Crudup's character um -hmm. which i like i like that that pivot of like having you know the guy you think is the bad guy isn't actually the bad guy like he's just sort of like philip seymour hoffman sort of ends up the movie being more of a henchman than uh the main bad guy i don't know i feel like there's just something more that could have been done there so that was one thing that i thought like could have used a little work figuring that out um the other thing that I thought was was like maybe the worst part is um Tom Cruise running up a wall in a plumber costume like like Mario. And a oh, lot of like scene. these the the heist scenes in general are really dependent on people in like ordinary, just like normal people jobs not recognizing like co workers, like not recognizing that this this random guard who walks up to them. Like you think if he worked somewhere if you were a guard for like a, a palace or whatever, every day for, you know, years of your life, you would recognize when there was a new guard who you didn't recognize before. And, you know, you know, you'd like maybe <laughs> question that a little bit, but they just, you know, roll with it. So And they're like, there I just feel like there's a lot of, a lot of um, heists and things that sort of hinge on that factor and, um even like a goofy movie like Mission Impossible, Impossible, it's always something that I think about and always sticks in my head in these types of movies. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah. But again, I mean, hard to find, hard to find a, a worse worst sort of nitpicking anyway.
3: Yeah, uh, kind of going off my best. The worst is that I think the two best actors in this movie never meet. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman never gets to face off against uh, Larry Fishburne. Which I think what? is uh, a huge miss.
0: <laughs> what? Why would you even want that?
3: <laughs> because it's like the two great you know, it's like it's like uh it's like two great <laughs> battle two warriors titans. going against each other. Yeah. yeah. Two Titans. Oh my it's word. like Kong versus Godzilla, man. It's like
0: Well, I mean, was Fishburn <clears throat> even in the Marsh Madness? I don't I mean No. No, Fishburn is Fishburn's not a Titan. He's good, but he's not like I don't know.
3: I think it would have resulted in some
1: even better lines <laughs> at even more yeah. It's true. Even more no. lines. Yeah. Cool. I agree. It is interesting they never are even in a scene together yeah.
0: because Lawrence Fishburne like, is like, sort of just like irrelevant. Like he's an irrelevant character. Like he doesn't really matter to the. He's only he's like a bit part.
3: Yeah, which is dumb. I think it's it's like it's like it's like the um, what's his name? Yeah, like Anthony why bring Hopkins. him in here? Mm-hmm. It's like the Anthony Hopkins role in the second one. Okay, like it's just well, <laughs> true. A, yeah. little,
0: a little tease for you. But you're not, not gonna like my cut cut a scene out of oh, this no. movie. Oh no!
3: <laughs>
2: oh no!
0: Anyway, let's keep going with the worst part. So okay, so no, no Philip Seymour Hoffman and Lawrence Fishburne battle. Okay, uh Sean, what do you have?
1: Um, I would say sometimes the pacing. Um, and it's just just kind of a, a nitpick. I I can't really find another big fault, but um. Sometimes with the pacing you're you're kind of trying to figure out that the time frame of, you know what happens in between. like uh, an example would be he kind of escapes, um, I guess, custody from the government, like I would say within a couple hours of him setting his watch. and then but the it's I mean, I know the flight is a long flight, um, but even still, they they get to um shanghai and it's like he's got two hours or something um and i almost would have i i don't know just to me it's kind of like what were you doing that whole time (laughs) i mean he knew he needed to go to shanghai um but you know i don't know maybe
0: on on airplanes he's just probably just waiting in airports dog it's a drag it's a beating (laughs) yeah international travel man
1: yeah, it was just, it, I don't know, it, it made, I was trying to figure out, you know, there's so much urgency at the beginning. You're like, okay, 48 hours at this exact moment. And then hmm. it's just like time just goes by and you're like, oh, we've got two hours to get the rabbit's foot. And then I have to call the guy to confer. Like, it was just was a strange, they have that theme in most, I mean, all, all Mission Impossible movies, like it comes down to the very last second. And it was just strange to me that um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character would just want kind of a phone call to confirm that he has the rabbit's foot, you know? Yeah. It's like that, you would think that would have been the last moment that he needed to like turn a key or like throw the rabbit's foot <clears throat> at the guy's feet or something to like save his wife. Yeah, and I thought that it too. It was just like, him why like he just, out of a tunnel.
0: Why couldn't he just have called him and been like, yeah, I have it when he really didn't have it just to buy himself more time.
1: <laughs> yeah, there. it was just a weird verification system <laughs> of like, how do you know that he has it? Um, so he's like, you have, you had, you know, you had five seconds. Um, so that, that just timeline was, but it's kind of just a nitpick of the movie. But I would have just liked it to be, I think, a little bit more um, paced out so that, you know, he, maybe you give him 72 hours and he ends up in that I don't even know what that place was at the end where he, um, his wife is killed but it's not really his wife Shanghai um, yeah Shanghai. yeah I know but like is it I don't know what it, it was like a medical clinic or something there's just like stuff all over the walls I don't know you would I would would have liked that to be the moment where he has to sort of deliver the rabbit's foot at the last second not just trying to get cell phone reception coming out of a tunnel it was just a little interesting (laughs) but it's just kind of a nitpick
0: yeah i think um maybe ties in a little bit to what rudy was saying uh but i think philip seymour hoffman had such a presence when he was in the movie that i feel like they could have established a bit more him a bit more i well i guess kind of like maybe what you were saying that's what i was saying yeah 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 um I I would have liked to see him in more scenes, or I guess more active in what was. I don't I don't know necessarily how what the best way to do that would be. I think um, maybe just having some scenes where he's uh, you know being a villain. I guess like doing doing. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, maybe he's acquiring some other super weapon and using it somehow, or I, like. There's there's other things that he could have done to make it, I guess, add some gravity to the the whole situation. Um, And I would have loved to see them use him. more. Well, something something interesting about that that could have been a, you know, a solution potential solution was that this was the last one that they filmed sort of with. Out being in the franchise mindset this was sort of the last one that was like a standalone so like the first three mm-hmm. mission impossibles can all you can all just watch them on their own and they stand alone the next three that we're getting get about to get into now sort of all tie together and have the same villain um and they sort mm-hmm. of retconned this one into um philip Seymour hoffman's character like in the later movies i think they talk about him being like the arms dealer or something for the, the organization that, uh, Ethan Hunt is trying to combat in the latter three and the final three, uh, movies in the franchise, but, um, or the more recent three movies in the franchise, but, uh, I think if they had done more to like be more like have a longer view of where the the movies could go, they could have like hyped him up more and his role in that organization more, which would have made him a little bit more of a villain rather than just like, you know, this elaborate henchman that was being manipulated by the US government. Yeah. Mm. I that's actually that's awesome. I would I would yeah. love to see a Mission Impossible series that continues on with Philip Seymour Hoffman as like the larger yeah. villain who was like, who reoccurs into other movies, but obviously, you know, um, rest in peace. Cause he's not around. So
2: yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Can't Get do that. Peace. Yeah. It, this movie is, inter- you know, staying on the, the villain topic, just real quick. That this movie goes into the category of movies where it's like the villain Billy Credup in this case, you know, as being the overarching villain. He's one of those villains who he's talking and you're kind of like, kind of has a point. Like, I don't know. Doesn't <laughs> sound like that bad of an idea.
1: <laughs> you of sympathize with him. Not, like, yeah, but sympathize the, with the him means, so much as, like,
0: you can, like... Yeah understand the rationale of what he's saying and how you would think that would be a good idea and you're like well i don't know is that would that really be the guy who hates his boss yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i relate to that but do the means justify the ends do they that's the question he killed people that he didn't need to kill i guess is the idea i don't know I, i don't know that death of Lindsay at the beginning that is that was like scarring oh the the explosion yeah. in her head yeah when okay yeah. so it's yeah. like okay so she's just like it's gonna go off and she's just gonna like pass out or whatever but like the way her eyes like yeah. and her head jerks and like the one eye like rolls up yeah. behind yeah, her, her like is that crazy. was
1: brutal
0: well yeah, so was, uh, yeah. I was reading about the movie a little more and apparently there was in the initial cut of the movie that was like much gorier of a scene like it was even more was exploded. it like <laughs> yeah I don't know if it was an entire head explosion or what but uh dang that would've been lit apparently that is one of the things that JJ Abrams is uh, bummed out about that they they had to you know edit that and he thought still thinks that the um the original uh <laughs> explosion yeah. or whatever was much uh much worse i don't know i thought mm-hmm. it
3: proved the, it made the point without going there i, I liked that it didn't explode her head yeah. that would have mm-hmm. been gross
0: <laughs>
1: yeah just kind of yeah
0: it's convenient that the explosive device in your brain gives you a warning that it's about to go off
1: that yes. is nice
0: and that is nice but, you know. <laughs> so moving into our next segment cut a scene at a scene Sam, this is the segment where we cut a scene out of the movie, and then we come up mm. with a hypothetical scene to add back into the movie. I was just thinking the other day, uh, I was like, we don't really ever explain the segments anymore, and we just assume people are listening and like understand them. <laughs> but That's th- true. We might have new listeners we who have- don't understand the segments, and that's why they're not giving reviews or downloading episodes. Maybe that's yeah. it. These that's segments it. could I, just be too is. hard for them to understand. Right. <laughs> I, I did have a moment. <laughs> I did have a moment watching this movie thinking, wait, what What was I supposed to take notes on? Again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very complex. Very complex. Yeah. yeah. So cut a scene, add a scene. Sam, what scene from this movie are you cutting out to add in a hypothetical scene of your own? Um, I'm cutting. So at the end, um, Tom Cruise, obviously leaving him running through Shanghai along the river, leave that in. Um, and then he gets to Rachel and he has this fight with um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And then he gets her out of the, the like ties or whatever. And she's just a complete, like, she just does not know anything. Like he, like she was, she literally was sitting there watching Philip Seymour Hoffman tell him that he turned the bomb in Tom Cruise's head on. And she she has no idea. (laughs) Right? So what I would like to see is cut that out or just change that scene. Really, I want to cut that scene of her of Tom Cruise like running around looking for stuff. Yeah. Um, and and make it so that he's just like, there's a bomb in my head. You need to zap me with a defibrillator to stop it, and then bring me back. And then I want to see her figure out, like just like shock him out of nowhere or whatever. Like I, that's what I I want to see her like have some, she's a, like, she's a medical professional. Like she can handle a high pressure situation. Yeah. Just do it
3: in a bathtub and put a toaster in there. I don't know. Like,
0: I think that's true, but at the same time, she's like witnessing him like murder a guy. Like she's like seeing people be killed. Like, that's not just a typical high pressure situation. Like you're, you're literally seeing people be shot in the face, you know? So I agree with that. And I actually think that's part of why it makes sense. Like you do, you kind of build her up to it because literally like 10 seconds later, she's murdering people yeah mm, so yeah. i like i feel like if she was like competent like somewhat and like maybe slowly becoming more competent not just like i have no idea what's going on now com trues is dead and okay i'm okay i'm gonna shoot people now <laughs> did you just you call com like, yeah i think i'm <laughs> <laughs> i was just getting really excited com trues um, uh yeah.
3: yeah yeah i totally I, agree couldn't agree with you more sam
0: uh, I okay. I'll make the case for it later. Go ahead, Rudy. I, say what you say. What you need to say. Yeah.
3: So uh, I, I. It's just that that's the scene I would cut. I think that. It's the fact that she's, getting, the gun. Like the fact that she's learning how a gun works, and then going to kill people. Like, never gonna happen in a million years. And I, I want to make the point that this movie it's almost as if they had listened to the first two podcasts and said, okay, we got to make a movie more believable for Rudy because every, <laughs> I loved, we'll get into the masks later, but the, the way that they made manufacture the masks, the mask that one in the Philip Seymour Hoffmore scene, it was tremendous. Philip Seymour like, Hoffmore. Great. This is super. <laughs> That's not what I said. Well, what I said. Nobody, yeah.
0: nobody can get a name right on this episode. Uh, That's alright, I think four, on the March Madness episode I'm pretty sure I called him Fillmore Simip Hoffman or something <laughs> <laughs> Oh no uh,
3: That's great Yeah, couldn't agree with you more Did you add a scene, Sam? Uh,
0: yeah, I was just replacing it with one Where she was more competent Gotcha, yeah, yeah. No, I just don't
3: kidding. think that she, like she would never In a million years be able to kill anybody She'd be like, what the heck As soon as like she would have to like reload never gonna happen
0: i can understand like i i understand that part that aspect of it i get that but um i think i still think like any scene where she's like totally like where she'd be more calm and collected just wouldn't make sense like can you ima- like i've personally have never seen someone be shot or i've never seen someone be killed like can you imagine <laughs> seeing someone be killed like in that gruesome of a manner like and you're not just watching someone die you're literally watching someone be killed in a very gruesome manager you're gonna be shook like you're gonna just be like what is <laughs> oh, yeah. happening like you you'll be exactly literally shaking exactly yeah. like she was so i can understand wanting to get rid of the part where she all of a sudden becomes like john wick for two seconds that doesn't really yeah. make sense but the scene where she's just like is not really processing what he's saying and doesn't understand about the explosive like that makes perfect sense to me because she's like this is the most like a totally high trauma thing. And I like the contrast of having Tom Cruise, who's been in this situation a million times, just Mm. being like totally cool and collected and like going about his thing and making his defibrillator while he's telling her like, this is how you use a gun. This is, you pull this back and put this in here. And I don't know. I think that, that to me is one of my favorite scenes in the movie, especially because I think it's almost like they had that line that um, uh, "I will die if you unless you kill me" line, and they're like, "How can we? Yeah. How can we write a scene for this line?" And that's how <laughs> that's how they got to it. And so I love it for that yeah. reason. Yeah, I, I do yeah. love that line too. Me too. Yeah. I oh. uh, I would just say I don't think you're giving enough credit to the trauma that um, nurses are likely to see if they work mm. in a hospital. Like, if you talk Good to an point. ER nurse, they're seeing some pretty crazy oh, stuff. I'm sure that, so. uh, no, I know, yeah, I, you know, like, I have, and I understand that, but I still don't think it's anywhere close to being traumatized by, like, seeing someone be, like, she literally yeah, sees, it's no, fair. It is different. It she, is different. Yeah, yeah. She sees, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman beating him to death. Then she sees him roll out onto the street and Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman get hit, hit by a car, like, right in the face. Like, that is the, that is way more traumatizing than seeing like even someone come in who has like a limb chopped off or something mm-hmm. like this just doesn't, I don't think they compare. Yeah. No disrespect This movie no does- disrespect to all the healthcare professionals out there, but the the healthcare yeah, heroes. Of course. Um, it, this movie does make a case for the power of uh, people operating under adrenaline. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> when they give a uh, Carrie Russell that adrenaline shot and she's like, boom, oh, yeah. I'm good to go. That's all it takes, yeah. baby.
1: <laughs> I got to get some adrenaline. So what I'm cutting, I didn't really like um, Billy Credup's whole character and the fact that there's a traitor. Um, and I think it just leads to a lot of, I, I just think it's like the, the parts of the movie that kind of drag where it's kind of like, oh, well, that's why we took you, Ethan Hunt. Um, is because like he immediately gets out of it. So just as like a ten. it was a cool scene, him kind of escaping, but it was like a 10 or 15 minute, um, whole scene where he could have had more interactions with Philip Seymour Hoffman's villain, kind of build him up. Like you guys were talking about into more of this mastermind rather than just kind of like you said, a henchman, um, and I really liked his character, and I felt like he needed more. Um, and I think what you were saying, Elijah, that he was kind of taking a back seat, so you don't really necessarily view him as the main villain in this movie. I think if he was kind of center stage and you could kind of see... I mean, he seems like a villain, but he doesn't really do anything until the end. That He's just kind of on a phone most of the movie. Right, but or you do just saying good quips, so...
0: It's the, it's the plot twist of it though. Like I, I think that's like one of the better parts about the movie, but I think almost like you could like flip the roles almost and you could have, you know, Billy Crudup be like the, the, um, the Philip Seymour Hoffman, the guy who's being manipulated and then Philip Seymour Hoffman be like the guy who's like behind the scenes doing the manipulating or whatever. But like, I don't know. Yeah. I I think I like that flip of it's like actually you know the whole time because even like halfway through you actually think it's gonna be like because I remember the first time watching this you think it's gonna be Lawrence Fishburne when they when he gets the um the message from Carrie uh, Russell's character on the micro dot or whatever you're like oh it's Lawrence Fishburne he's actually the bad guy but then they like do it again and they like double twist it and it's actually. Billy up this guy who you yeah. thought was helping him out, he helped him escape. Like this is his friend, but really he's like the the grand mastermind behind it all. So I don't know. Like maybe if you- I feel like
1: the arc though is kind of when you rewatch it with a twist, like like a double twist like that. Like I was watching it with my brother Quinn, and I was just like, I, I it didn't even matter to me that Carrie Russell's whole character, like she came up with this the last piece of a you know um intelligence was that Lawrence Fishburne's character called from his office. Like he would never do that. Um uh, and so it was just kind of I don't know. On the rewatch, having that twist in there was kind of like, oh yeah. I remember now this guy just is the really the traitor and he's setting him up, but he's really helping him. So anyway, I think sometimes with twists and the first movie had that big twist. Um and i yeah, just would have liked do, it to not some to... extent yeah i guess to some extent but
0: right right don't yeah. most of these have a have some sort of twist in them mm, sam i think so shy. i think in like i think it's in like staple five the twist in the
3: second one that he was killed by those and then they pulled off the mask and it wasn't actually him tom
1: cruise yeah i, mean, I don't know i don't know that was my cut of scene out of scene
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so no <laughs> more billy Crudup. up he's out of the movie yeah i don't don't like
1: his character
0: i i'm down to get him out but i i uh i agree with you sean i'm using that for a different segment so
2: okay i don't think so i think
0: you gotta you gotta keep the over i like having an overall bad guy pulling the strings i like that aspect of it i just i don't know i feel like maybe if you swap the actors maybe that would do it i don't know um my cut a scene, out a scene, I'm cutting Lawrence Fishburne out of the movie. I just think he's sort of, no. he's sort of, he's just sort of like bumbling, Boom. like blustering in the background in like a few scenes. Like, I don't know. He's good in that he serves a purpose with like the twist, like I was saying, but other than that, he's just sort of non-essential. And he's not really, like, fun in the few scenes he's in. He's not like Anthony Hopkins in the last movie where, like, you can tell Anthony Hopkins is, thinks it's dumb and he's just having a good time with it. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne in this is just, like, he, he looks like he's just there to cash a check, you know. And I just think that's, like, he's just sort of a snooze fest in this movie. But um Wow. So I, I, would cut I just him. think it
1: was the writing that he was given.
0: Well, I mean... Okay, well, okay. It was a crowded
1: okay. field, <laughs> sure.
0: right? Yeah, I mean, but like, yeah. I don't know. You, you could still—I don't know. I still think you could have. There's ways you can act, that you could have been more. I don't know. Magnetic on it just felt like he was just very like he was like a robot. It's like robot Lawrence Fishburne in this movie. So I don't know. I just think that character is sort of non-essential. Dude, the quotes, man. He's got some the killer quotes. quotes in this movie. Like what though? I, I don't I don't know if I wrote any of his quotes down.
3: The chocolate one.
0: I will bleed on the, the flag to make one. sure the stripes stay red. Was he the one that said that? I thought that was Billy Crudup. Yeah. yeah. He he delivered he delivered those really well. Yeah. I thought He
3: said he said uh I don't care if your daddy plays golf with the president.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's... I just think the whole the whole character like it's just sort of oh, non-essential office guy. How about this one? this is intelligence so far. I haven't seen any.
2: (laughs) Ooh, that's (laughs) good.
0: I like that one too. I just, I feel like all the quotable lines, I majority are his in this movie, Uh, but you know, uh, I don't know. He's yeah, he could go. He's, he's not essential. I think if you really look at it, you know, objectively, he's not essential. You wouldn't, if he wasn't in this movie, you wouldn't miss him. Um, So that's my cut. And I can say whatever I want because it's my proprietary cut. (laughs) My ad, ad, (laughs) what I'm adding in and what I want to see is uh, I want more Tom Cruise at parties mingling, talking about uh, the Department of Transportation or whatever yeah reading lips like just more tom cruise trying to be a normal person (laughs) but not being able to do it i think that's gold movie gold so maybe if we can get magic tricks yeah if we can get one more party in there somewhere i don't know where that would be um another party (laughs) but i love it i love i love mingling tom cruise just vibing just do the wedding reception afterwards there we go there we go Yeah, yeah some sort of wedding thing where he's got to pretend to be a normal person um yeah I don't know. And now she's in on it, too. Pretend to be a normal yeah. person. <laughs> the line about uh, someone someone stopping their, hitting their brakes in traffic, having ripple effects for 200 miles. It's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Incredible. So that's my Addison. Um All right. Let's pivot into Recast a Roll, You're the welcome. segment <laughs> where we recast a roll. <laughs> I, um, oh. What's that? Oh, wow. That's easy. Other than uh, the aforementioned possible swapping of Billy Crudup and Philip Seymour Hoffman in their respective roles, there is one interesting little tidbit that I came across, which I like because I think it would make for a more unhinged movie, but um, the... Character Carrie Russell plays Lindsay was actually initially going to be played by Lindsay Lohan, which <laughs> I'm all for. Whoa, put, put Lindsay Lindsay Lohan in this movie and let's let's go nuts. Give me crazy Lindsay Lohan. I don't know about With that. Crazy Tom yeah, Cruise. That would have sucked. Sign me up, baby. <laughs> I'm here for it. That would be incredible.
3: You know what? Actually, though. You could have that, Elijah. I like that actually, because you could have that, and you could have like her falling in love with Tom Cruise, but he not really wanting to fall. There in love we with go. It, he's there got we go. nurse on the side. I, I like that. Now actually. we're
0: thinking creatively. <laughs> I just think she. I think she's hilarious, and I think having her in this movie would make it more hilarious. I'm all for just movies being goofier in general, and I think that gets the job done on this one. So that was that was my primary one, but one other interesting thing, which is. Not a really a, a recast per se, but it's an, j- just an interesting uh, thought experiment to think about. But apparently, while this movie was in production or bef- while it was in pre-production before it came out, because Mission Impossible 2 hadn't done as well, there was speculation that Tom Cruise was going to be replaced by Brad Pitt for this mission impossible 3
2: what
0: why would you tell me
2: yes,
3: that
0: a lot of apparently there's a lot of speculation at the time when the movie was announced but before tom cruise was announced oh. as being in it uh, that uh brad pitt was going to be doing it brad pitt obviously went on to do uh, mr and mrs smith which is very sort of a similar type of character but um i don't know mm, just an interesting so much better. interesting alternate universe to think about what if uh, brad pitt oh. had replaced uh, Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible's. He he might have uh, stayed married to Jennifer Aniston if that had happened. <laughs> That's it. That there you Alternate. go. That's also an interesting timeline because he met he met um, what's her name uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, on Mister and Mrs. Smith. That's so. a good point. Great point. It's Alternate a, universe. It, you know? Is this the biggest divergence in our in our universe? Really, when you think about it might be
3: this changes everything
0: you know you really break it down there might not even have been coronavirus Uh. think about it
3: (laughs) that's a paper right there that's a paper how (laughs) the decision to recast Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible 3 could have stopped the coronavirus coronavirus.
0: (laughs) we figured it out no but that's just a you know an interesting thought experiment um for y'all but yeah Lindsay Lohan, put Lindsay Lohan in this movie. Actually, put Lindsay Lindsay Lohan in most movies in general, just to make them all twenty five percent more unhinged. So, lots of babes in this movie, though. Three: M- Michelle Monaghan, Carrie Russell, and Maggie Q. All babes. Great casting. Thank you, Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> As a single member um, of this podcast, I think I'm allowed. To, I'm allowed to say that. Word. Word. Um, who did? The, who is the casting word. director on this movie? I'm gonna write them a thank you note. It might have been Tom Cruise. Was it, Thomas?
2: Thomas? <laughs> Was it Tom
0: <laughs> Who do I get to make out
3: with? <laughs> I get to pick. Probably. Um. So the guy, Jonathan Reese Myers, he's the uh, one of the assistants on the on the squad. He's like the. Mm. I guess he's kind of like. What is he? He's not like the tech guy. He's kind of like the. He's really like. He's like the, the miscellaneous. He's, yeah, he's like the, he's a fast the grease man. runner. Mm-hmm flies a helicopter, I want to see him be a little bit more funny and a little bit more, like, techy. Maybe not more techy. More funny, just basically. And I think if you put a Ryan Reynolds in that role, he's the same age. I think he'd be bring the jokes. I know he's more of, like, a leading man, but I think uh, the amount of time he's given not a, doesn't really. Not
0: at the time. Not back to in to 2006, that. I think he probably could have, yeah. would have been mm-hmm. that tier.
3: So I would have liked to see that. I dig that. Big fan that. Of
0: his. You know they never say uh, Jonathan Rhys Meyers' n- character's name the entire movie. They never refer to him by his name.
1: Yeah, he's always just there. <laughs> yeah, just like oh, are you serious? Yeah, his name is. Yeah. Oh eventually. yeah, you. Can you go do <laughs> this for sad. me?
0: <laughs> it, it pops up in the beginning when they're looking at like the profile cards or whatever. But um, the only time they never actually say his actual name. Yeah. Isn't his name Declan or something yeah. like
1: that?
3: Oh
0: yeah, Declan. I did
3: notice that. Yeah. I was like that's a weird name, Declan. Declan. I with a guy named Declan.
1: Whoa.
0: casting was actually Whoa. done by um April Webster, so shouts to April Webster and thank you for your your dedicated work in this feature film. Hmm. Thank you for uh staying true to Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. Not uh, not recasting.
1: Uh, so in my alternate universe where Billy Crudup's character does not kind of become the villain by being the traitor. I'm gonna switch out um, who he is um, with Matthew Good, and just have him kind of be, a, you yeah. know, middle manager kind of liaison uh, with uh, Larry Fish Fishborn, because um, I think Billy Crudup, I don't know, he has that. And maybe it's just because I've rewatched this movie so many times that I'm always just like, oh yeah, there's something with that guy. <laughs> but I feel like he always—I don't know—he he's like one of those guys that can play both a good guy, suave, but also can be that villain. So I think Matthew Good has more, and you, I don't know if you guys know who that is. Yeah. But um, I, I think he you normally plays just like the, you know. Leading, charming man um, in most movies or TV shows. So I think if I'm switching to this character being just an ally of um, Ethan Hunt, I'm going to switch out Billy Crudup. Creda- I don't know if I'm saying that right either. but Kind of a vanilla Sounds take. Sounds right. But...
0: I think that works. I think that works in your uh, alternate universe, Sean. I like it.
1: Thank you. I think vanilla is the best flavor. Mm. It is. Vanilla bean.
0: I just feel like you take out that. Not, <laughs> not to keep harping on but you take out that
2: twist. The movie's just like so flat then.
0: Nothing happens. It's just like there's a bad guy. I disagree. And then they catch the bad guy. That's the movie. There's tons of action. Yeah, this know? movie
3: was filled with like crazy sick scenes. The scene where Philip, mm-hmm. Seymour Hoffman gets killed. Sam mentioned the brain exploding scene at the first agent. Um like, the twist with the mask where he has to watch his wife die and then it's actually not her. Like, mm. what? Yeah, the way Isn't they, they, they show that electric. up top,
0: too. But that's yeah, not...
3: That. Show up top it's so like you a coming. I don't know. This movie was electric.
0: I just think taking that, taking that big twist out, the big villain twist, it flattens it and it makes the bad guy less, like, interesting. He's just, like, a guy who's just, you know, trying to make money rather than when you have a bad guy who's, like, one of these, like, Nah, I don't know. He kind of has a point, guys. It's just more—I <laughs> don't know. There's more. It, it makes your brain think more. I don't know. Boo. should I, I think you guys? I'm booing you guys, and you're boring, boring. You just want a boring movie. <laughs> Boo to oh, that. <laughs> I think you're gonna like my recast role. <laughs> okay, well, let's hear it.
2: Let's go, Sam. <laughs> I this episode has been a I downer am, so far.
0: I am all in on leaving the twist i like the twist Good. um i think that the twist would be even better if you did recast uh b crud as i have him in my notes um <laughs> with uh sir a hop who anthony hopkins oh sir. <laughs> see now we're talking baby you, now that so something. you bring yeah you bring the guy back that You know, Ethan Hunt trusts. I love it. You already Mm -hmm. know he's running Ethan Hunt's missions. I love it. Right. So you bring him back in. He's he's doing all the stuff. And and I think it actually works because like you said before, Billy Crudup's character has that motivation that like almost works. Yeah. Right. Like there's something to it where you're like, okay, And so and I think. Anthony Hopkins would deliver that Gee, really yes. well. So that's a great take, and it would yeah, tie a a, tie too. Mission Impossible two in a little bit more and make yeah, it tie it all back the together. Franchise. I, I'm all about that consistency. I love it's, it. It's Hopkins
3: is such a better bad guy too.
0: Yeah, but also Anyways. a good good guy. He could do yeah, it. Good guy, better bad guy. Yeah, so uh, I will I think it. I think that like hits it on the head though, because it's really more of a casting issue than like a a, st- a story structure issue. You know, like yeah. we just nobody here is really buying into Billy Crudup, and because you don't you yeah, don't really buy into Billy that. Crudup, you just think the character is pointless. But um, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe he's that. just not selling it. Yeah,
0: yeah, that could be. It. I like
1: that. I like that take. I like your alternate universe, Sam. Oh, oh thanks, too. Sean. I mean. That might top mine.
0: Uh, April, that all comes <laughs> back to April Webster again. Mm, April Webster could have done better on that one. She's the one that casted Billy Crud up and also caused coronavirus. Maybe if she had casted uh, Sir A Hop, as I like to uh, write in my phone, uh, we would all be healthy. B Crud and A Hop. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what's our next segment?
3: Questions with Sam.
0: Sam segments. Um. All right, guys. Sam's segments. Um, I, I debated adding another segment, but we already talked about it. I was gonna say maybe we should rank um, the quality of Tom Cruise's running scenes in this movie, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we can just—it's we already mentioned it, so we'll skip ahead to quality of Tom Cruise's hair. Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what you guys think on this one. So we had some pretty high high numbers in Mission Impossible too. So let Mm -hmm. me see who do i have my list first uh elijah what do you got this is this is a four okay Mm. is this This a one through ten scale this might yeah scale of one to ten this might be the worst the worst we see from tom cruise hair wise in the franchise wow
3: you think it's flat right it's not like objectively bad
0: it's yeah it's like billy crudup (laughs) (laughs) it's the billy crudup
3: of this movie (laughs) yeah it's
0: fine it's Lawrence. Yeah. Fi- it's Lawrence Fishburne's performance in this movie. It's fine. Boo. Ooh, disagree. It's fine. Disavout. Whatever. I could live without it. All right, um, th- Rudy.
3: Yeah, I think it's a salt sev. I feel like it's not terrific, but I feel like it actually suits Tom Cruise better. Like I feel like this should be the haircut that Tom Cruise walks around on an, on an everyday basis with.
0: I think it is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, Sean. What do you got?
1: I've got a five. Okay. Just a nice in-between. Riding the fence. Not the best, <laughs> not the worst.
0: What do you have it at, Sam? I think in terms of, like, the the character, like, I feel like as someone who, like, has a wife, like, I'm not, sorry, not me, Tom Cruise. He, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard married. for him. It's hard for him. <laughs> <laughs> as someone who has a just wife, just trying to rub in it.
2: As a husband to in a rub it. guys,
0: I have both a wife and long hair right now, so it's it's it actually counters what whatever. To dude, say. get off our pod. Uh, I think that it makes sense for him, like as like a normal professional, it, like he's trying to prevent pretend to be a normal professional. Like the hair fits. Um, that being said, it is not nearly as good as the last movie. So. I I was thinking about four or five, so I yeah. gotta probably put mine in at, at a four and a half. Four point five. That one was uh, not the worst ranking so far. So yeah, because you guys all pooped on his hand hair hand. in the first one. Yeah, <laughs> dorks. Elijah, you you gave him you you gave him one of the worst scores in the first. One. Did I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, I don't I don't feel obligated to uh, stick to any of my takes ever. Everything oh, everything is well, negotiable in my take past. These are all recorded, so you're committed now. All right, guys. Next uh next one then. Uh we'll go in reverse order this Sean, this time, Sean, you're up. Uh quality of the use of masks in this movie. 8.8 8.8 8. Okay
1: wow okay why sean i think it brings uh, the mask into the 21st century like rudy said the yes, oh. yes. kind of the construction seeing that live was pretty cool um and it was more believable than in i think the first and second one where it's kind of a stretch that the technology was there to be able to do that um mm-hmm. so hey that's that's what i'm sure going
0: yeah uh, Sean, I actually echoing that eight point eight, I had it at a solid nine. Um
2: Ooh, because nice.
0: I the first time I watched this movie, the intrigue that like the edge of my seat uh level that I had on that intro scene of um Tom Cruise believing that his wife just got shot. Um that I don't know, that I right. thought that was yeah. well well delivered. Um so yeah. The fact like, that it was really, used you, against him you have?
1: was huge. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
3: solid nine, Sam. You nailed it. Oh. That's what I had. Because this and Sean said it perfectly too. This brought it into reality. And I know Elijah, it wasn't like everyone's wearing masks, and who knows who. <laughs> you, guys. It is. But like, <laughs> you guys, in the your fact reality. that like you watch you watch them make the mask, and it's like they actually can make that. Like that's very possible. And then in the last scene with the wife, it's like she's all beat up and she has something over her face. So it's like, you definitely could trick somebody into thinking it's somebody who it's not. Mm. It was perfect. Well,
0: even uh, when they're constructing it and they put the mask on Tom Cruise and I was watching it. I was like, can you tell where they switched the actor? Yeah. yeah. it's when
3: he put it over his eye.
0: Right. Right. And it was, but like, I, I, I had to look closely. Like it wasn't yeah. like super yeah. obvious at first. So I like that. I it, was it was solid. Good. Yeah. I would give it I would give it like an 8 sure yeah I think it's I think they're great masks but I think that Like, you guys, I think we're just on very different pages with these movies, because you guys are looking for believability, (laughs) and, like, believability to me, it's like, this is a movie, like, I could care less about how some, like, make something awesome, make it cool, I don't care if I believe it or not, like, I don't have to believe it, who cares, it can be the most out there thing possible, we have, like, Tom Cruise as some, like, random dude who's just, you know, freewheeling, and just, like, killing people in Shanghai, like, that's not very believable, but, like... I don't know, like, who cares if it's believable? That's, to me, that's just, like, so irrelevant. But I think the masks are good for what the reason Sam's saying, where it's, like, they keep you on the edge of your seat. Like, any time it's, like, I love it for, as, like, a plot device to do a plot twist, but I think, like, they're just as believable at any of the other ones. Like a mask that like you look at the way they put those eyebrows on they just stick them on like they're like with tape it wouldn't and then all of a sudden they look like they're like threaded into the each of the pores like it's not believable it's stupid but that's the whole point is that no but stupid. elijah if these are if the movies are supposed to be stupid
3: no nah, if it's too unbelievable and stupid then it takes you out of it and you're like okay this is dumb no mm, i don't know never at least for me i'm like this is this is stupid never i think that puts i me have into a... it
0: even more i don't get that <laughs> I have a one or the other. If it's ridiculous and it leans into it and it like we all understand what it is, it can be fun, right? Like uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Like, yeah, it's mm. the point. It's there's no one is expecting it to be believable. Yeah, that's same. not the point. Right. Right. But I think Mission Impossible 2 that it was on that side of the spectrum, whereas like, OK, like right from the outset, like it's not trying to be a believable movie. So I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. It's ridiculous and that's fun. Whereas (laughs) this one is on the other side where and I think that if you can make a movie that has like ridiculous action, but is also believable, ridiculous action. I think that is actually a more impressive accomplishment if you can do ridiculous action and find a way to try and convince people that it could actually happen. Uh, And I like that. Okay, whatever. I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think any of it's really believable at all. I think they're just like they're all goofy. These are, all these Mission Impossible's that are all the same, and I think it's just like I don't know. I think That's everyone's so just pro- projecting believability mm. levels onto it because some of them are like shot in like darker and more gray tones or whatever. But like it's all yeah, it's not, not just not as all believable same. as yeah. the this others. This
3: movie is so much better. This movie is two hundred times better. No, two hundred percent better. Nah. You're just, that, you're just saying that you're
0: just saying because of mm. surface level, like minor surface level differences that are tricking you into thinking nope. that, but it's the same level nope. of believability. No. Nope. They're, They're all, all absurd. So okay. wrong here. They're all um, absurd. That's what makes them good uh, movies.
3: Should we take a vote? Should we take a vote? <laughs>
2: What are we we even voting?
0: (laughs) We we have
3: the votes. We have the votes.
0: I don't know what you're voting on.
3: On whether you're wrong or not.
0: (laughs) Wrong about what? I'm right.
3: I don't care what you say. I know I'm right. The fact that all three of these movies are the same. They're not the same. I don't get how you could say that.
0: Yeah, they're the same. They all have Tom Cruise as this ridiculous secret agent running around doing ridiculous things. (laughs) He, he, He jumps out of a building with a parachute. Like... Come on! Yeah, they're all ridiculous. That, that happens. He Face literally he literally so swings quick. on a on a rope from one building to the next. They're all ridiculous. They're all Batman stupid. Okay. Okay. They're not supposed okay. to
3: be believable. Batman did that.
0: Elijah, okay. um, here's an example in this movie. So I was reading a bit about uh, the stunts in these movies. So in this movie, there's that scene on the bridge. With the helicopter shooting or the drone shooting missiles. Sure. And mm-hmm. so you've got Tom Cruise sprinting across the bridge and then they had him on wires and actually like threw him sideways into a car when that missile explodes. Sure. Right. Right which is like, you can tell it like, it looks like Tom Cruise got thrown sideways into a car. Right. right? But the, the whole Whereas, scenario in and of itself is not believable. They're yes, not just going to be scenario, doing that on some bridge in America. Like you would hear about that. That'd be a sure, massive deal. That would be like insane if that actually happened. So none of it's really believable. Sure. You're right. Okay. I think I, what I would say is ab- believable about it is the way they portray these things happening. So I, my, I think my, Counterpoint or like the contra uh, the the other example that goes against that is uh, motorcycle jousting in Mission Impossible mm-hmm. 2. Yeah. Thank right? you, Sam. Where Thank there's you, like, Sam. no, like they didn't actually joust motorcycles. Like it's very, very obvious. <laughs> this is not something that anyone actually attempted. Right. Whereas in I think in, in this movie and actually in subsequent movies moving forward. And, and, and you hear about it all the time. Tom Cruise tries to do as many of these stunts as he can. And I, I think that this is where you start to see that be more effective. And I, I like that in the coming moves. I mean, I, this, this this discussion is going nowhere. But I think they, <laughs> the the motorcycle jousting was just as realistic as him jump like being exploded into the side of the car. It's the same thing. Mm. It's all the same thing. I think you're, you guys Agree are just You guys are just deluding yeah. yourselves to sound more educated. Nope. It's all the same. No, no delusions on this side. <laughs> it's orange. all just no.
1: McDonald's.
0: That's right. That's what it is. It's an action flick anyway yeah let's move on what are we even talking about what part of the show are we even at here i'm loving it we're at the end um that's it i i said all my stuff <laughs> I have no things left to say <laughs> that's it oh i did want to um, i did want to point out one thing that's maybe a damage control but remember when, like when we did the first one of these and sam was like you notice in movies tom cruise never has a romantic interest and so far okay. he's had a romantic interest in like every single one of these no okay <laughs> i'm
3: stupid you're smart i was wrong you were right you're the best i'm the worst Good looking. I'm not attractive. All
2: right. As long as you're willing to admit that now.
0: You're right. Damage control. I'll own that. I will say, I will say that that take was predicated more on the things that have happened with Tom Cruise in movies in the more recent um, selection of movies. So if you look in the last 10 years, even that I think that take would be more accurate. And and I think if you look at the Mission Impossible movies moving forward the Tom Cruise's relationship if it does have any play in the movie it is very very small. Well, I again like I'm just going to say we'll talk about it when we get to it but I think I'm yeah. going to I'm going to disagree with that one again. I'll still be disagreeing with that one. I think that it's uh right. it's a, it's in all these movies. It's an element. But we'll keep it we'll keep it we'll we'll monitor the situation the on-screen element is very very small we'll continue to monitor the situation of tom cruise's romantic we'll uh, we'll get back to that (laughs) maybe we should start doing a grade on that as well yeah okay in this movie he's like it's like an eight eight point 3 romance movie. Yeah, up. well easily the easily the top of the spectrum on this one. We'll we'll rank them at the end maybe as okay. part of our movie ranking. Most romantic to least yeah. romantic.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think we're like an hour and a half <laughs> so we should probably wrap this up. Um any other miscellaneous thoughts, notes, questions before we go? Nope. Uh, I don't I don't think so. Oh, I did have one. Aaron Paul in this for like two scenes for two seconds. Oh, yeah. What? I saw that. A little oh, yeah. That's
3: terrific. And he's like the druggie too, right? Yeah,
0: it's great. Wait, who who <laughs> was he?
3: That's the brother-in-law, Sam. Uh,
0: brother-in-law. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> I wanted to mention this because we, we tried a couple times to get Adam Peters onto this podcast yeah. on this episode um but uh i wanted him to be on this one because the first time i ever saw this movie he was with him in the theaters uh, and afterwards he was like oh. so they still never told us what the rabbit's foot was like what and he's like it was probably just like a carton of spoiled milk or something <laughs> i love that too that's great <laughs> yeah so shout out to adam peters shout out um, to adam maybe Maybe we'll get him on, on on one of these other ones, yeah, that we do. but uh, we got it. it's one of the yeah. best takes of all that. time. I noticed yeah. that in the movie too because really the only explanation you give they give is Simon Pegg's character just like he's just like winging it for for two seconds, freestyling mm. coming up with some random thing, and then at the end he's like, but I don't know that's just what that's just what I always think of yeah, the and worst th- possible thing, yeah, yeah. Kind of and then they never, never they never they <laughs> never confirm either way. That's a great point. He called it the anti-god or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they. I think uh, movie buffs call that the MacGuffin, right? That's what that is. I don't have know. You heard yes. that one? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you It's not like it's not like we part, uh, so. have a movie podcast where we like talk about movies or anything, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ostensibly know things about movies. We don't.
2: Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry for bringing it up.
0: <laughs> it sounds right though. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Next week on the podcast, we'll be breaking down the newly released in theaters and also uh, on streaming um, classic that we've you know mentioned previously in this episode a few times, Godzilla versus Kong. So stay tuned for that. Excited for that. I I'm not as excited about those as I as I as I would be about the Mission Impossible episodes, but. <laughs> you know it's all right moderate levels of excitement
2: yeah
0: i'm just trying to talk up our episodes a little bit yeah know, th- that's what you gotta do <laughs> Got, yeah. gotta sell it's them a, a little good more PR. but i guess if people aren't listening this doesn't <laughs> <laughs> whatever all right boys well it's been fun we'll see yep. sam in a month and uh the rest of you will see next week uh Take it easy Yay. and remember to
1: always keep it loose, keep it loose. and keep it
2: conceptual.